parent who has his kid in religious ed shared with me this story. He said that the little kid came out of the religious ed class one Sunday. He ran up to him and he said, Dad, you know, we just learned about uh, the crossing of the Red Sea and Moses. It's amazing. And so the father asked him, well, tell me what would you learn today? Well, he said, the Israelites got out of, got out of G- Egypt, but Pharaoh and his army chased after them. So the Jews ran as fast as they could up until they were facing the Red Sea. So the Egyptian army was getting close and closer. So Moses got on his walkie-talkie and told his air force to get to the Egyptians. And while that was happening, the Navy built a bridge so the people could cross over to the other side. (laughs) And so the father was really amazed. He says, is that what they're teaching you in religious ed? And he says, well, not exactly, but if I told you what they told me, you would not believe it. Do you believe not in the crossing of the Red Sea? Do you believe in the resurrection of Christ? Amen to that. Yes, of course we do. See, the resurrection of Christ is at the core of the Christian message. We don't claim it to be nothing but a historical fact. It's not a myth. It's not a delusion. It's not an invention. It's not something the women made up when they went to the empty tomb. It's historical. It's true. And the fact of the matter is, St. Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then empty is our preaching. Empty to your faith of no avail. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are the most pitiable people of all. The resurrection of Christ is the final stamp of authenticity that the Father puts on Jesus' life. In every single word and miracle and word he ever did or said, it's a stamp of authenticity. The power of Christ shining forth, his life bursting forth because he's not only alive, his life itself. And I want to get this right. He's not just up and running again. He's not. It's not about that. It's not that he was sick very badly and he got better. It's not that he was asleep and now he's awake. It's not a simple restoration, it's a resurrection. That is a great difference. The Greek word is anastasis, which it's the only word we could use to describe what happened to Jesus. He's fully alive, bursting of divine life. It's more, it's not waking up, it's more like a thunder. It's so much so that the disciples could hardly distinguish him. Eventually they did, but took them a while, and that's when he appeared to them. He asked them, do you have something to eat? Give me some fish. And he ate in their presence. So they, they would know it is really me. It's not a phantom. 
Not only that, he asked them, bring your finger here and stick it into my wound. You would know that it is me. It's a real body, but a resurrected body. It's a life of Christ within us. And this is not only a victory that we celebrate just because we love Jesus. If you are here only to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I wouldn't say you missed totally the mark, but a little bit. Why? Because we are not only celebrating his resurrection, we are celebrating that that resurrection can be effective in you and in me. Now, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe that you could be resurrected spiritually too? And that you will be resurrected in the end of times? Now, less people say yes. (laughs) One of the tougher and most difficult conversations I ever had was with a guy who was in his 50s. His name is Nick. Four kids. He went on a retreat pushed by his wife. And who was a catechist. And when the time of confession rolled in, he came into the room for confession. He started out saying, I don't believe in this. I come into this room because my wife sent me. That was a great start. <laughs> so I asked him, what do, what do you mean? What is it that you don't believe in? Do you, don't you believe in confession? You don't believe in the sacraments? You don't believe in the church? You don't believe in God. You don't believe in this retreat. You don't believe in me. And he says, neither of those. I don't believe in any of that. And I don't believe that there's a God. I don't believe there's, I don't believe in politicians. I don't believe in politics. I don't believe in the economic system. I don't believe in Santa. I don't believe in anything whatsoever. In the only thing I do believe, he said, is in me, in my wife, and my kids. Now, I've never found a better skeptic in my entire life. He was full of frustration and disappointment towards life, his family, everything. Truly, the look in his eyes was so sad that it was, it's hard to just say it. He's back was bended forward because he was a sort of a defeated person. We talked for 45 minutes, 45 minutes, one of the toughest conversations I've ever had. After that conversation, I told him, well, you know, I, I cannot do much for you now after all, all we've talked. But I can pray for you. I will pray for you. If, are you okay with that? Yeah, he said. And he thanked me. Of course, this was not a confession. He didn't confess any sin, and I didn't didn't give him any absolution. But the next day, before the final Mass, he comes up to me. It was about noon, and we were wrapping everything up with Mass. And so he said, oh, Father, wait, one question. Can I receive communion? And I'm like, communion with whom? If God that doesn't, doesn't exist, how are you getting in touch with him, much less entering into communion, right? And so he said, oh, yeah, fair enough. He stayed at the mass, but that was it. Without me knowing all of that, after our conversation, 
he did pray, and he made what I call a conditional prayer. Conditional prayers are, if you exist, Lord, so and so. So he, he says, if you exist, Lord, and he asked two things. He asked for a friend of him who was in another city <clears throat> to be healed. He was at the hospital at that time. <clears throat> and he also asked that a lawsuit that was weighing heavily on his wife's shoulder, who was a lawyer, would be ended and done away with. Both things happened in the period, period of the following 24 hours. The retreat finished Sunday, Monday went by. Tuesday morning, someone knocks on my door, and there he was, Nick, with a piece of paper, the examination of conscience we've given them at the retreat. I said, Father, can you hear my confession? Another 45 minutes. <laughs> this time, including confession. <laughs> it was the greatest conversation I've ever had with someone. And he came so alive, so alive after that. He started to walk up straight. He, his smile came back to his face. His wife came up to me and he says, I cannot thank God enough. I got my husband back, the one I married. I recovered him through the power of Christ. That is the power of Christ at the resurrection. He can resurrect your life. He can resurrect your life. St. Paul knows this too well. He says, to know him and the power of his resurrection. So do you know, not just know Christ, but know his power in you, the power of his resurrection and sharing of his suffering by being conformed to his death. It always strikes me that Jesus rose in the middle of the night. All of his miracles he performed op openly. There was a lot of people when he did most of the miracles. Some of them, there were just a handful of people. But most of them, there were a lot of people around. Why did he choose to rise from the dead when no one could see him? And I could just picture myself, that tomb, with Christ laying on it. And all of a sudden, the resurrection I cannot but think on, of an explosion, a light coming up in the middle of that darkness. Maybe he didn't, I don't know why exactly, but because light shines brightly when it is dark. Now, if your life is dark, if your heart is dark, know that he can explode in your heart with the light of faith. He can do wonders your life, in mine, just as he did with Nick. St. Paul says something that is, to me, very stunning. He says, he taunts death. He says, death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? You have no more power. He taunts on death. Now remember, on Good Friday, People were taunting of Jesus. If you are the son of man, come down from heaven, from the cross. I mean, come down from the cross and show that you are the son of God. 
He could save others. Why couldn't he save himself? They were taunting him. Now he taunts death. The power of Christ is at work in you and me. Today we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But I invite you to claim that same victory and that same power on your own life. No more fear. No more defiance. No more sin. No more darkness. No more separation from Christ and God. Christ is alive. He's risen indeed.